Hola, primo and primas. It is your primo, Luis Velasquez. That's our other primo, Christopher Casello. We are the Puro Pinche Primos. What's going on, Chris? Hey, what up, what up, what up? How's it going, man? It's going, man. It's going. How are you doing? I'm in San Antonio this week, so it's been good to like be home and catch up. I'm going to... Um, been spending time with my mom. I'm going to get to see your mom tomorrow, which is dope. I'm going to get to see some tios and tias, and hopefully we get some good recording in for, for future shows. So I'm ready. I'm hyped. Um, I, I know that I, I told you I wanted to talk about uh, <laughs> about sportsmanship. I, I went to play basketball yesterday, two days ago, uh-huh. and I was playing against uh, these two teenagers that go to Brackenridge High School, which is where I went to high school. Um, so it was interesting playing against kids from the neighborhood that I grew up in. But um, I just remember thinking that like me and, and like as a near 40 year old man playing with another 40 year old man and us playing against these 14 year old ninth graders. <laughs> <laughs> I was Lots just thinking like how, exactly. It was just like, it was so funny because at one point, um, we were posting up these little boys mm-hmm. and just kind of like like scoring at will and they yelled out like oh these guys play old school basketball <laughs> which i thought was hilarious <laughs> <laughs> like yeah they're playing they, in the post like it is exactly. old <laughs> yeah they're talking to us like like we're playing the game the wrong way so we're just like laughing and I, and i did feel very tim duncan like i was trying to like hit like little bankers on them because i like knew that i couldn't go like drive past them anymore because i was too old but um, but it got me just thinking into like the, the people that we grew up watching and just I, I know I've said this to you a bunch of times, how lucky I felt that we had David Robinson as kids. Yeah, definitely. But I don't know if there's guys that you remember as like a kid where you're like, man, if we would have grown up in that city, we would have acted like this and this person or whoever it was. It was like an athlete at that time that was big when we were kids. Barkley, right? Yeah, that's Barkley exactly what Phoenix. I was thinking of. Exactly. Is like total opposite of David Robinson in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Uh, even yeah. Barkley in Philadelphia was worse. Exactly. That's what the Barkley I was thinking yeah. of. He was a good man in, in, in Phoenix, but in Philly, he, uh, if I remember correctly, I think he like spit at somebody at one yeah, point. Yeah, like I think it was a kid. Right? <laughs> Wasn't it a kid? No. Yeah, I think it was no. a kid. Oh, we're we're going to go find that. If it was a kid, that's I think ruthless. it was a kid. I was Barkley. But he didn't want to be like his, his thing was he's like we're not role models. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. I remember that too. Yeah, we're not role models. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did spit on a kid. We, yeah, we got to look that up and call out Charles Barkley. No, you can't mess with Charles Barkley. Not like Charles Barkley can do no. Especially wrong. for all the the hate, the San Antonio hate. Yeah, that he gives. for all the, for all the San Antonio women, we. <laughs> F Charles Barkley, okay. Like sportsmanship was not his thing, right? Like David Robinson was very respectful, and then even going into Tim Duncan, right? It's like we yep. w- we went through those that transition of like just really good humble dudes leading the yeah, franchise absolutely. for twenty plus years. Yeah, we we got very lucky in that sense, as like. You know, I remember a friend of mine watching me play basketball for the first time. We were getting to know each other as co-workers. We were playing a pickup game, and he was like, oh, man, I could tell you're a Spurs fan. And I was like, what? And he was like, you watch guys play basketball for the first time, and you can see who they were, like, emulating in their game, right? Like, who you modeled your game after. And um, so he talked about how, like, being from, like, New York, he saw these guys learn to post up, like, Patrick Ewing. But... um, I think I was I was probably doing some wild Ginobili stuff and like trying to throw the ball behind my back and around <laughs> my head or something. I was definitely <laughs> like I was growing up like I wasn't a baller, right? Like football was my thing, mm-hmm. you know. And so, uh, like rebounding and defense and <laughs> getting people mad at me was my thing. So I was I was Dennis Rodman, who I loved as a sport, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like I remember playing in, in the in the church league and i was trying to get his number 91 yeah yeah because i couldn't score for nothing i i, I was exactly like rodman right like i i, I scored like four points boards. yeah but i had like 12 rebounds six blocks 
all my fouls, you know, like, like, but I like them dudes, right? I always liked, like, during the David Robinson era, David Robinson was my favorite player. Terry Cummins was my favorite player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And during, yeah. during that time, Dennis Rodman was my favorite player. Like, I just love them, them scrappy, mean dudes, which I wish we had more of. Yeah, I remember you. I remember as a kid, at some point, we would play like one on one in your backyard. At one point, you started rebounding, like kicking your leg out. And I was like, yo, this dude yeah. is going too far. Too far, Dennis Man, Rodman. The battles that I had, the battles that I had with uh, my other primo, Santiago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he's a baller. Like, he. he yeah, is no, a he is a baller. I remember him. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He was a bucket and he could get, he could score. On anything, and and the yeah. only only chance that I had against him was to get him mad, was to get him upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah. No. And so I would push him yeah, and elbow you could get him. Under his skin. Yeah, and I would like talk like that's that was Dennis Rodman, right? That was that was my that was Terry Cummings. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't score out. Let me get this dude mad. <laughs> kind of yeah, those... like what the Celtics are doing to Kyrie. Yeah, yeah. Poor Kyrie, man. Like, he just can't win. At least not in my book. Uh, you know I love to hate Kyrie. Uh, the guy just, to me, he just keeps messing up over and over and over. And yet, like, he gets these passes. I, I don't know how you felt about the the, the finger-waving. And, like, we. I, I didn't even realize until later the one that he did, like, when he was waiting in on the ball and he did the two behind his, his fro. Right, right. <laughs> it's just like. He's just playing it off. All right. He was scratching. Like, hey, do yeah. you like this part of my haircut? I, I have a love hate for for Kyrie too. Like I like I love his game, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I even kind of admire to a point of him trying to think outside the box, right? Gotcha. Yeah. But when it comes to like the flat earther and the <laughs> not getting the the vaccine and and stuff like that is ridiculous. But you're never yeah. going to catch me catch me on the side. Boston, Boston Celtics fans. Yeah, like, I can. I can get those that. fans, we all know what Boston fans are about, right? We yeah. all know the Celtics fans, racist, and there's no telling what they actually were saying to that dude, right? And very true. That, very true. That he is the number one hated dude in that city. Yeah, yeah. So there's no Hawaii, right? So him <laughs> flipping him off, whatever, whatever. They yeah. were saying a lot more worse things to him. Yeah, you know, in the whole thing too. You know, I wasn't even, it wasn't even so much that he was doing it. I was just kind of like, how come the league hasn't responded yet and given him a consequence, right? Mm -hmm. Which I feel like I don't know enough of like these types of things that guys get fined for to know how it is comparable, right? Like the 50K. Right. Like, I don't know if that's like, seems high or low for what he did. Because I can't even think of like the last time that like a guy got fined for something something like like that. I feel like everybody did their part, right? The Celtics yeah. fans did their part of of mm-hmm. getting under Kyrie's, yeah, Kyrie's skin. Kyrie did his part, at least in game one, of flipping him off, balling, even though they didn't win, but he was bald, yeah, right. And then the league did the fan, did their part because you know you can't just be out there flipping out your customers, right? You just can't you can't do that exactly. Right, so everybody like it. It was all no losers here, except I mean, fifty thousand. I don't know how, how much of a hit that is to Kyrie. The thing that drives me nuts about him is those types of things. Like he's like doesn't want to be bothered by it, and he's almost like he's like too good for it. But it's like, but you helped create this, right? Like mm-hmm. you promised these people you were gonna come back. You sold them on this idea that you loved it, being there, and that you were like a loyal guy. And then you didn't even play that whole season. Then you left, like. Of course they're gonna be mad. Now is it obviously like what you brought up, like Boston fans, I'm like I'm not gonna be right. like they take it to another level. Like I hate for kind of the same reason, I hate Kawhi Leonard with a passion. Uh-huh. Right? And I would be if I was in there and I ever saw him play, I would boo that man. <laughs> I would I don't boo know. That man. Yeah, I would I mean I would boo I'm not gonna call this dude any, you know, racial slurs or anything like personal yeah, of course right? You. That's just, that's just grown or Like attack his children or Yeah his like that's yeah. Even though I, I don't like the dude At all Him and Uncle Dennis and Him and Uncle Dennis Doing all this stuff again To the Clippers We're not gonna go into yeah. that Right Yeah but that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother thing But I mean It's Boston 
it's kind of down the road from here utah they got the same same type of fans right when you when you hear all all, all the stories from the players they always hate boston and utah fans because of that yeah of it. So yeah I that's very true yeah, yeah 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 and it's not like it's not just one player saying that right it's just it's all the players yeah. that you yeah it seems like it's too. Yeah, yeah, it's just part of that place, which is nuts. Um, you know, like in thinking about all these guys, right? And like the, the like not only the environments, but the things that these guys do to like show good like sportsmanship, and also guys that are like showmans. Mm-hmm. I, I think about guys like like Ocho Cinco, right? And even like a To, like they're they're not too far from each other as far as like. Like being showman on the field, right? Like I think about like one of the most awesome celebrations I've ever seen is that Tio catches like like on a crossing pattern, catches a touchdown, and like in stride just turns into a walk, reaches in his sock, takes out the face, signs the ball, and gives it to him. <laughs> what? That was one of the most <laughs> G things I've ever and seen. Big, I was like, yeah, this yeah. is smooth. Um, but like Ocho Cinco was like a silly guy, and then Tio was just like found his way to like get on the media's nerves or to like let the media get under his skin right and so many of those things define like how fans how kids how like people see you as like the face of a franchise or a league i feel like there's so many guys that have done that well like to be the face of a league for a long time and not get caught up like the guys that i listened to like ken griffey jr Derek jeter um i think about like now like steph curry one of the things that me and you talk about pretty often that i think like there's not enough coverage of is like MJ and Kobe. Mm-hmm. Assholes. And yeah, like assholes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those are assholes. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm, I don't know, I'm kind of indifferent on it because I always feel like uh, it's different standards for everybody. Right? Okay. An, OB, mm-hmm. an OBJ can seem like a cancer, yeah. right? Uh huh. When he's yep. when he's getting mad on That's the a good sidelines, example. he's getting mad on yeah. the sidelines, he's kicking thing. But a Tom Brady does it, and he's full of passion, right? That's he's yeah. he's a winner, and he wants to win so bad. That's why he's like that. But OBJ yeah. does it, and he's like, oh man, he's a cancer, right? He's just I mean, there I mean, there's some racial epitomes there too, like yeah, subtle ones, right? Uh, like I I never had a problem with To. Except when he was a cowboy, I don't like anybody who's ever a cowboy. Right? But like, I've never had, I never thought. I, I just feel To was To, right? And he just he wasn't going to change the way that he was for anybody. Yeah, I, I think the thing, like for example, like, I think of the To thing, like a showman thing that is also bad sportsmanship, right? Is like when he does, when he slammed the the ball on the star oh. before he was a cowboy, right? Yeah, he was a forty nine, which is also one of the most crazy plays too. But like, which I loved. But also, like, it's like, yeah, yeah, that's too far, dude. Is like, that you know what's coming. Is that bad I mean, the dude ran from the end zone to the middle of the field after a touchdown to slam the ball. Like, it wasn't like he came and did it, like, on the kickoff or, like, yeah, like it was pretty foul. I don't know. I don't, no? I, that's, I mean, I'm a believer in, in <laughs> yeah, if right, you hold don't on, want on. him Let to me do rewind. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to cut you off. Oh. This is the only reason why. Now, don't you imagine he did that on a Titans field? Yeah, so let, let me tell you, let me tell you, okay, there was, there was, uh, a game when, uh, Cam Newton. Yeah, yes, I remember this, I know, Cam yes. Newton, and he yep, did yep, something yep, yep. like that to the Titans, right? Like, he yeah, did some he was kind dancing of stuff, in the end zone. Yeah, he was dancing in the end zone or whatever, and I was okay with it, and I remember, like, I think it was a Twitter that I was finding with some other Titans fan, and I was like, like, we, it was our job to stop him. We didn't stop him. So he gets to celebrate. Now I'm kind of saying you don't want To to celebrate like that. Keep him from getting to the end zone. Uh, nah, this is the thing. This is the thing about the Cam Newton thing. Mm-hmm. He he was kind of like done with the dance and then started it again. Like it was like a little too long. And that that's that's the line that we're talking about. Like you got to know the line. I hate the line. This reminds me. This is why I hate baseball. Right, this is a, a no major celebrity. major beef I have with baseball and like all the unwritten rules. Don't flip your bat, right? Yeah. Don't you better you better run across run around the bases when you hit a home run. Don't take your time. Yeah. All this stuff. My belief on the bat flip is that you can do it only on game winners, no. walk offs. 
You a walk off. If I hit no, a home if you, run, you blast, don't dude, tell me nothing. If you, blast, if you blast a single shot, like a one run homer in the first inning, you should not be bat flipping. How dare you? That's why people get plunked. And you're not against plunking either, right? Exactly. So I, I'm against. I am against plunking. Actually, I if for if really? you're plunking for stuff like that, like get over it. Like because I hit a home run and I'm proud of my home run. You're gonna get mad at me. You couldn't strike me out, so you're going to hit me with the ball the next time. Okay. Well, is it different if they're talking when they bat flip it? No, it's not different. Like just stop me so, from getting So you a can bat flip. And, and talk, talk shit and you're running it. Yeah, you crying across all See, the bases. You, you're the type of guy that deserves to get plunked. All the bases. You plug me <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> no, dude. I think of okay. So yeah, back, back to what we were talking. Yeah, that's funny. We were here like yeah, we bringing up childhood memories. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. So the one guy that we were talking about when we were bringing up this topic was was Brady, right? Because Brady's the goat. I don't think we disagree on that, and I don't yeah. think. I mean, you have to be pretty nuts to disagree with that. And um, but Tom Brady, as a sportsman, you brought up like if he was the one doing stuff like OBJ does, they would people would be very forgiving of him in a completely different way. And it's like underlined in a lot of right, like historic racial and like just weird ways that people see the game. But Tom Brady reminds me of. Someone who he supported, because I don't know if you remember this, but Tom Brady at one point in the interview in the locker room had a MAGA hat in his locker. Yeah, yeah. And that was when I really officially was like, I hope this guy never wins again. <laughs> and, he, and he won so many after that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So many. The, the thing about that dude is that his response to losing is very similar to like Donald Trump's response to losing. Right. Like he's almost in denial. He doesn't acknowledge it. He doesn't acknowledge anybody else. He walks out like he just like he's like having almost like a little like a kid fit almost. Right. He he won't shake hands. He doesn't Mm -hmm. he doesn't do any of that stuff. To me, that is bad sportsmanship. Like after the game is over, after the game is over, like, all right, man, like good game. You did you. We did. Good job. During the game, like, I'm okay. But after the game is over, like, you got to show sportsmanship, right? I mean, we've learned that since since Little little League. Yeah. Going to shake hands and doing all that. And I think you have to do it, especially if you're considered the GOAT, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're the best, like, then you got to be able to be but like, all right. He gets away with it, right? Like, yeah, he exactly. I agree with you. He gets away with it all the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they still talking about when Detroit did that to Chicago, right? When Isaiah yeah. Thomas and all them, they left. They're like, oh, yep. man. He does it all the time every year. Yeah. I don't understand it. He's an <laughs> asshole, year. too. He's on, the, he's on the MJ. Like, you got to be an asshole to be a fucking goat, I guess. Yeah, that's what it seems like. I think, so speaking of assholes, I want to get into our first segment. because we, We've been talking yeah, about all these guys. That. <laughs> and um and I think the the asshole that we've we've talked about for a long time to focus on and it still keeps coming out and so like even if we wanted to not focus on this asshole we kind of have to yeah. which is Daniel Snyder Ugh. the owner of the Washington Commanders which is still really weird to say Washington Commanders I got to get used yeah. to that but yeah the, as far as we know right now the new news that that I know you were schooling me on is just this like uh, congressional investigation now, which is crazy to say too. Like congressional investigation on this dude. Like, what have you done or like consistently done to do this? But I know there was things that like really bothered you about stuff that had come up around like uh, toxic workplace culture yeah, and like yeah. so, harassment. Yeah. So how how do we, you're talking about congressional? Like, how do we get here right with the commander? Yeah. First off. They had so many freaking complaints from females in the organization about sexual harassment from the players sexually harassing them by flashing some mm-hmm. lady who's in the cubby hole, right? Not even, I mean, uh-huh. just, I mean, all the way up to the owner, right? And so uh, the NFL investigates a toxic workplace. They decided there is a toxic workplace. And so they find the commander $10 million. Right. Yep. 
And then uh, they don't come out with anything, right? The funny thing this is what the NFL says that this report was an oral report and it wasn't a written report. Yeah, which so is they have which is like what what the fuck? Like so they're they so can't, make it disappear. Yeah, yeah. So they can't put anything out because the re- whole report was just given, you know, orally by the investigator. Which is a bunch of yeah. BS, right? The NFL. So Which that woman offered too to write it. And right. they told her no, not to write it, which yeah. is crazy. So these complaints get to Congress, right? So some of these ladies talk to their their Congress congressmen and women in their districts and so uh congressional happens right congress finds a whistleblower quote unquote that says the commanders have a second hidden financial book right they have a whole they have they have the book that they have the nfl they they show the nfl about the revenue and then they have the hidden one right selling tickets for 55 dollars that were really 44 dollars yeah yeah, it was like eleven dollar. It was eleven dollar like, or something. Yeah, and then the money that they would make off that eleven dollar per ticket came up to like two hundred thousand dollars, and then they they put it on the books of like a concert or a college game that was in there. So yep. right, so they said like hey, a Notre Dame Navy game. Yeah, the Notre Dame Navy. So hey, NFL, like we we didn't that money here. We got that from the concert. We got that. We didn't get it from NFL revenue. So I mean, just crazy thing. Like they went. They wouldn't tell uh, season ticket people that they had a, a deposit that should come back to them, and that that totaled like five million dollars. Yeah, right. Yeah. There's like so much stuff here that, uh, and of course, you know, Washington they deny all of it, right? They try to discredit this dude who who was the what was he the executive vice president of ticket sales or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just yeah, VP of Sales and Customer Relations. Yeah, that's what he was. And so he, he they, they just say he's a disgruntled ex-employee. They blame him for selling up the tickets. It's crazy. Yeah, they they, Go ahead. they said that guy Jason Friedman, the, the guy you're talking about, yeah. the VP of Sales and Customer, that he had worked for them for 24 years and eight months, and actually had tattoos of like the Washington logos. <laughs> so this dude was like a you really yeah, like you're like, like this guy's gonna just turn his back on you right well i mean he got he got fired what in like 2020 as soon as the new regime came in yep. right he got fired yep. and they're saying like he was trying to get his, his job back and all this stuff here's what what do you think of course they're gonna they're gonna deny it right he's the fall guy right what do you think the nfl is gonna do or should do so- yeah, so I think that I think you have to consider what this means in, in the ownership. And I know one of the things that they brought up is that he's like, well, I'm not right. The Daniel Snyder is saying that he's not running any day to day operations, that it's his wife, who's also a co-CEO of the of the organization to make it look as if things are getting cleaned up without him around. And that he so I guess basically to make it seem like he's not covering stuff up. Right. But I think you have to think about like whether or not this guy deserves to be an owner. I think you, you know, you're usually in the front office stuff a lot more for the NFL stuff than I am. And so I also don't know, like, I don't know what they're like, talking about the line earlier. I don't know if, what you feel is like the line for where the NFL would be like, nah, you, you need to be out. In my guess, I would think that this is something that like you fucked with the money, you, you out, right? But. So- so the owners already like the other owners the majority of don't like daniel snyder and wish that you know (laughs) he that he would be gone already i don't think they quite have what it takes to to have him sell the team to make him sell the team i don't think and here's what do you mean by that though like what do you mean like for the owners to pressure him like what do you what would it take i don't think they have the balls to do it because they're worried about what what they're doing in their organization i thought you were gonna say that they're worried about like can a new owner sustain that org and like the money and the finances i feel like you're right yeah because now everybody's gonna get it exactly if they're going through his books yeah they're gonna go through our books they're gonna go through but I, i don't think it's 
it's just the commanders doing it, right? Yeah, yeah. Like definitely. That's a good like, point. Yeah, like I think. So, I think they're mad that he keeps bringing it. Like, like, like we said earlier, there's just always more and more stuff going on. He's just like the sloppy one of them. Right. All? Yeah, he's just sloppy yeah. and doesn't really care. And like so, and I mean, yeah, it I started that. when he was like, "No, we're not gonna change the name," right? When everybody was like, "Change the name." they're like no 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 we're not gonna do it so they're in the headlines for that and then he finally changes his name conveniently right around all these sexual harassment allegations were coming up mm-hmm. right and so so oh, he goes, smoke bomb yeah so so one smoke bomb of, of of racial stuff going on with this team name and then he was like okay i'll change that oh god we got another we got sexual harassment claims throughout this organization and now we got this money and they're just there i believe that they are tired of him i don't think though that they're gonna make him sell the team i don't think i think he's gonna stay until he he decides that he's ready he's ready to go also interesting to think about is uh bezos is really interested in in the washington commander there's been some really? there's been some talk that he if 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 it came available that he would be very be interested buy. In, in purchasing the uh the Washington commander. Which is crazy. Whoa. Okay. Conspiracy theory, but you know Bezos also right. owes the Washington Post, right? That's right. And That's all right. all these all these things that are coming up. All these stories. All these stories, yep. they have been uh come through the washington post yeah yeah hit the twilight zone i mean you know they haven't had consistent you know play on the field for a long time and they're probably not because they got carson wentz in the offseason right but uh there will be no hope for carson wentz if terry mclaurin the number one wide receiver for the Washington Commanders is not on that roster. And right now, we're talking about like the wide receiver market. Terry McLaurin, like they need to sign that guy ASAP because if not, I don't know what they have. First off, like the wide receivers in general, like WTF, what the fuck is going on with these? Like it is so crazy. And thank yeah. God for wide receivers in this league right now because they have been just all over this offseason making yeah. content for everybody, right? There's just yep. so much going on. And you know who it is. You know who I blame for all of this. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars and Christian freaking Kirk. Yeah. Once they signed him for four years 72 million dollars 18 million a year when he was the third receiver on the arizona Cardinals. all after that all the other receivers were like what is going on how yeah. is that dude getting 18 million a year and i'm over here getting four or five million a year nope yeah this is one of those defining moments of like we broke the like market like you broke the league we were talking about this last time but like an a-rod right when the rangers paid him right 25 million a year and like the highest paid under that was jeter and i think he was getting like 10 like they fucked up the market forever after that right and now you get these like crazy contracts for guys that are like in their mid-30s but in this case we were talking about christian kirk I think about like the highest pay because who was it? Julio Jones was two, right? When we were talking about him yeah. with the Titans. So now like they got rid of him. So he's not going to be the number two guy. So I think now that's Christian Kirk, but it's like Christian Kirk and what? DeAndre Hopkins. Look, well, look, look. That's right. You're right. Before You're right. before this offseason, there were only four uh, four wide receivers that were getting played uh, 20 mil. Gotcha. There were only four. Now, since the offseason began, mm-hmm. now there are nine. Okay. Now there are nine getting paid that much. They've just, I mean, the other owners have got to be pissed at Jacksonville, right? You're talking about being pissed at, at Daniel Snyder. <laughs> they're more mad at whoever. Yeah, they're more mad at uh, Con, right? They're more mad Con, at Con right, over there right. in Jacksonville and the, the clown GM that the, the fans try to get rid of. 
He's over there spending <laughs> this much money on Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk is the reason why uh, Tyreek Hill is no longer in Kansas City. That's true. Christian Kirk is the reason why Devontae is not with Green Bay no more. Yep. You're right. Right. Christian Kirk right. is the reason why AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, McLaurin yep. are not showing up to workouts. Christian Kirk in Jacksonville is the reason why Debo Samuel is trying is requesting a trade yeah. out of San Francisco. That's really interesting to me, man, because I don't know if that's a bluff or not. I would think it's not. The, right? Because he knows like everybody just saw me ball out. Yeah. So give me that money wherever wherever you're at. But I don't know if he loves San Francisco or not. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, they all got the same agent. I did not know that. Yeah. They all have the same agent. They're all playing the same game. This agent just had a Who's the the cornerback who signed uh, yesterday for Cleveland? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ward, there's a Ward. Ward, yes, Ward. Yep. He's, all, he's also his agent, right? He was now that agent is not playing around this year. He's not who playing is around. This is like the Rich Paul of the NFL, <laughs> right? He's crazy. To me, to me, like Terry McLaurin. If I were him, like don't even think about going back. Right? What are you going back to? We've already talked about how the organization <laughs> is, right? Agreed. You got Carson Wentz who's gonna be throwing you the ball. Yeah. Like I would I would if I were him, I would request a trade out of there right away. Yeah. Yeah. He's at, but he's actually it's crazy. He's actually so he showed up to the workouts, but he didn't work out. Right? Okay. He's trying to he's, he's trying, trying to show like good faith. Yeah. He's trying to show good faith. He 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 showed up to the building, he's just not gonna work out. Um, AJ Brown did not show up and it's not gonna work out. And, like, for what, right? Like, the, I, I don't take that, I don't take showing up, not showing up to the volunteer workout as anything, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean that it's like done, right? I mean, the QB didn't like show the- up for Tennessee, he didn't show up. Who? QB, who didn't show up? The QB. Tannehill? Yeah, Tannehill didn't show up for workout. When uh, he better. He, I, he better get there. If anybody needs to work out, it's Ryan Tannehill. He needs to be there. Exactly. But we're not, <laughs> we're not, again, going back to what we were talking about earlier. When AJ Brown don't show up, it's a big deal. When Tannehill yeah. don't show up, it's like, oh, it's okay. He wants to be with his family. Very true. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Tannehill needs to be in the building. And, and I think, you know, in general, it, no. Even if you don't want to be there, if you're the QB of any franchise, you need to be the there on day one. Needs to be there. Yeah. 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 If coaches are there, then I'm there, because I should be there even when coaches are not there. And then, like, I mean, to me, to be fair, like th- these workouts, it, it's the phase one of the off-season workouts. So these workouts are just like conditioning and weights. Like they can't throw a ball, they can't do any of that stuff. Right. This I don't know, man. I think you gotta be in the building. Yeah. I, then you you should be watching film. Then it doesn't mean you gotta yeah. work out. You but your face. You need to show face. I agree. I agree. I, I can right? understand. Especially like, as a quarterback. Like, you, you wouldn't get a, you wouldn't get away with this in high school. Especially you shouldn't be able to get away with it when you're getting paid millions. Like Tannehill, thirty-eight million this year. Yeah. Exactly. You just right. threw three freaking interceptions. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But anyway, well, here's here's to the sad part of the show, I guess, is where we're <laughs> going. Where we go back. <laughs> I need the drink, man. I'm getting my drink. Yeah. No, I think. All right. So those three guys, obviously, the one that's most important to us is AJ Brown. I don't doubt that they're going to make the deal done. Right. Like they realize we're not going to find somebody that's AJ Brown. Debo Samuel is really interesting because I'm scared of wherever Debo Samuel goes. Yeah. And if he goes to head somewhere head. that's already like loaded or stacked, like like. Please, because they could probably get him based on how, like, on just how crazy their season went last year. But if he ends up going to Las Vegas too, uh-uh. I'm no, worried bro, about. I think I think it's gonna happen, right? Because San Francisco's already said they know what it takes to to keep him to pay him, and they're yeah. willing to pay him that. Okay, and he's the one that so just like he's the one that, like I don't want to talk to you guys. 
I feel like there's something happened when they originally started negotiating that pissed him yeah. off, and now he's like he he don't want to talk to them. They're like, here, I know you want twenty million a year. We'll pay you that. Like we want you. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to talk to you guys. Uh, you know, I am scared of where he's like in in these crazy off seasons where like big weapons go because I mean that can just like alter a whole season for yeah. us. But let me just say, Tennessee, don't mess this up. Don't mess this up. We have never had a wide receiver. Never. Of this kind. dominant. Ever. Yeah. Ever had a wide receiver like this. Not Derek Mason. Not Haywood Jeffries. Sign this man. Don't let him go out the door. All right, all right now it's time for one of our favorite segments. It is time for the Grito of the Week. Yes, Grito of the Week. This Grito of the Week goes to 35-year-old power forward. (laughs) Exactly. Power forward center. Dominican Al Horford. I love how I introduced him like that. Dominican Dominican. Al Horford. Dominican. Just this week in games one and two of the, what are they called? Eastern Conference quarterfinals, right? But the first round of the NBA playoffs is uh, Horford finishes in game one with 20 points, 15 rebounds, two assists, and one steal. The biggest thing about that to me was the 41 minutes that Al Horford played in game one, which I thought this guy was going to be 20 minutes. I don't know how much you thought he was going to play in this game. Yeah, he, he definitely got a lot of Ben Gay going on after that game, right? He's it's great, and almost kind of what we were talking about earlier, earlier in the in the episode. Uh, he's kind of going back to the old school, back down, right? Yep. Right. He's he's down there to post up. He's down there to rebound. He's down there to get rough, and the fact that he still can do that at this age, at this moment, and help this team win like that is in. Incredible. Absolutely, man. Horford, you're right. He gets those like offensive boards, all the dirty stuff. And I thought, all right, great. This dude's going to be the Grito of the Week, and then that's it, right? He gave us that one game. But in game two, he came out with 16 points, six rebounds, two assists, two steals, and a block, playing 32 minutes, which I thought there's no way this old man's get out there for, for more than five minutes after the 41 minutes. But Grito of the Week, Al Horford. Absolutely. It is crazy to me that this guy can still be out there, right? Again, he is Dominican, and we, we said this earlier in earlier episodes. We may have to question his birth certificate, right? He could be, <laughs> yes, exactly. he could be older, he could be younger. <laughs> we don't really know, okay? But anyway, he is still our primo. We appreciate you, primo, representing the Latino community out there in the NBA playoffs. Well, you don't see a lot of us in there. Don't see a lot of us, but he's still out there doing it for us. Now let's now it's time for another segment. The Wheel of Chingadera. This week's Wheel of Chingadera is NBA Playoff Edition. Here we go. We have landed on Miami and Atlanta. Oh, Miami and Atlanta. Right now, Miami is just toying with these guys. Yeah, it's. I'm glad the wheel landed on that first because this is kind of the most boring series of them all. Um, I, I was really impressed though. I didn't know that this guy had it in, particularly in the first round. But Jimmy Butler went enough for 45. Do you think that Jimmy Butler? is the guy, can be the number one guy on the championship team. I, I don't know. Like, I don't think so. <laughs> the game he had was the best game for individual players so far in the playoff altogether. Mm-hmm. Right? He went, Like yeah, I said, he great. went for 45. He had zero turnovers. He even had four three-pointers. It was, it's just not his game, right? It was just incredible. Yeah. He's out there. Uh, my, I mean, Atlanta is just, they're beat up. Right, there it's just Trey out there, and he's you know, yeah. he's struggling. 
Bogdanovich is helping out a little bit, but they're missing Collins. Collins is out there, but he's like limping up and down the court. Like you can tell. Yeah, he's not full Collins. He's not full Collins. Like Collins is above the rim kind of dude, and uh, he can't yeah. get up there, right? So if he can't do that, he's not really helping the team out. Capella is out, and that is a big. Yeah, yeah that's too bad, man. Like it, it takes away like all of these threats that like then puts you puts the focus on Trey Young, which. You know, he's still young and he's not going to be able to just like dominate a whole game when guys are out. Do you think, though, this is my most interesting thing about or interesting, most interesting thing to me about Trey Young is, is this his guy that his hair, his hair, his hair, I think, adds to this idea. But okay. is he the biggest villain in the NBA right now as far as like a star? Because there's a bunch of villains, right? There's a bunch of goons and guys like that. But as yeah, like I think the stars of the team. Like, nobody gets more hate than LeBron, right? Everybody hates LeBron. Yeah. And then I think KD and then, you know, Kyrie gets hate. But I think he embraces, like, going into your yeah. home court. He does. He does right? embrace it. Yeah. I, I love that. Like, going into your home yeah, court me and too. I'm going to send your team home and I'm going to – he's not really doing too much of that right now. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> maybe, maybe they'll have enough energy to win one at home. But Miami is good, man. Miami. Yeah, they are. They're solid. Is even even as a number one seed, like they're still underrated, right? With yeah. Bam out of they're not bio. gonna beat themselves type of team. Yeah, Bam out of bio. Kyle Lowry is on that team. It's it's a team to be worried about. All What's right, next let's go. You ready? Ready for the next? Let's do it. Is it gonna land on? Ooh, Nets and Celtics. We have landed yes. on the Nets and Celtics. Currently, yeah. the Celtics are up two to zero. Going back to Brooklyn. What is your key stuff coming out of this uh, series so far? I feel like we expected that, like, or at least this was the thing that in the back of my mind as a sports fan that these two stars are going to come out and just like while of Boston, right? And just be these like huge, huge, like dominant players. But what's happening is I think what like practically should be happening, right? Like Boston's played with each other all year and they're a team and they've gone through the, all the like process and, and the Nets are still piecing it together because they haven't had like a team fully together. And then we have the news, right? That like Ben Simmons is supposed to come in game uh -huh. four. Game four, uh, I don't know what you were thinking going into the series, but that's how I feel like at this point in the series. Yeah, I think that, I mean, we like you said, we thought and everybody thought that KD and Kyrie were just always going to be enough, right? And they kind of are. If you really yeah, look at the no, game, they're, they're struggling, they're right? They're struggling in this game, in these two games, yep. right? And, like, these games haven't really been blowouts. Right. No, they haven't. If one of them, like, if if KD, if KD could start showing up, then yeah. then this series could be tied real quick back back in Brooklyn, right? But yep. like the Celtics is a team, right? You like their ability on defense, right? The number one defense in the league, their ability on defense, and I was watching it, like they can switch everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah, they do. Right? They just switch everything. It doesn't matter who's getting the ball. They're just gonna switch. And whoever they they can play defense, right? Whoever's on the court can play defense. Yep. Grant Williams showed up on game two, like he was he uh, was a major dude, right? Yeah, he's a difference maker. He's an X factor. Yeah, he was. He really was. And and I mean, Tatum, Tatum is is doing something to KD which I've never seen. Like KD to me, at the end of the game, like it didn't seem KD wanted the ball, right? And I've never seen KD like that, right? Yeah. Like, he didn't want to shoot. He was 0 for 10, right, in the second. Like, yeah. he was horrible. I've never seen him like that. And he's, I think something's going on. Tatum has got in his head. And I'm kind of loving it, honestly. Like, I'm, <laughs> I really am. Like, the, it's a great series. It is a great series. I'm, I'm kind of sad that it's happening this early. And yet also, like, it's making me so excited for the rest of the play. Like, it makes me now invested in the rest of the playoffs, too. Um, uh, yeah, I feel like what was with regards to Tatum was like the, the end of that game one, that finish. I don't know that I've seen a play like that end the game where he just kind of like 
catch it, and it was a kind of frantic sequence they were just like trying to get to the open man and he cuts across and i don't know how you lose him yeah, right and i was like Who's, well because was everybody, that guy? everybody everybody thought marcus Smart was gonna take that shot to include tatum because tatum said that he was going to crash the boards and and kd caught, got caught watching he was supposed to be guarding tatum and for Marcus Smart, the Defensive Player of the Year, to make that kind of smart oh, offensive yeah, yeah. play, I mean, this team is on another level. They, like, they are championship material. Yeah, yeah, and they've they've been together long enough, right? Like the core guys to like to have true like hungry leadership, which I think is what's like really great to watch about them. The KD thing, he had like he took twenty free throws the last game. And it's like, yeah, if you even got close to 50%, like what you said, like, this might be a completely different series. Yeah. And that's so odd to me. But also the guy that stood out for them was Goran Dragic, who had 18 points in 20 minutes and seemed pretty, like, in shape and, like, ready to play and, like, not making mistakes. And so I'm wondering how that guy and if that guy becomes an X Factor later or just, like, that ball-dominant one-on-one type of play that they got. Yeah, it's take over. I, I want like Simmons is coming back game four. Simmons is coming back, and that, I think it's a perfect game for him to come back. It's because like it's a no like it's a no, no loose, yeah no lose situation, right? Like he, I don't know if they win game three, that's a big game. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like like he could he could blow that game for them. But I mean it like I feel like he's only gonna be there for defense, right? Like he's gonna be a defensive present. Like uh, Tatum, he's just there to harass Tatum. Yeah, that's what I feel like. If he's gonna come he's back, probably he's probably guarded him before, right? Yeah, like in like those he, games. Like some people forget, like he he's really good at defense, right? Like he's always yeah, no, he there is, for defensive yeah. player of the year. Look, if this guy's actually hurt, right? Or like banged up in any way, playing defense is more likely to hurt the guy than than like a score, right? Where you just like put him in a corner or whatever. Like you better be healthy, dude, because if Boston senses anything, like I, this is what I love about this dude, Jalen Brown. Like yeah. Jalen Brown will yeah. sniff you out. He'll smell blood in the water, and he'll just go at you. Yeah, that's crazy. But, yeah. All right, all right. That's enough. That's enough of that talk. Let's, let's <laughs> move on to whatever the Willa Chingadera says next. Ooh, here goes the series: Bulls and Bucks. Ah. Bulls and Bucks. It is crazy what's going on now. Uh, last night, DeRozan just went off. Right. He yeah. completely went off. And he went off on Giannis. Giannis was guarding him most of the time. And for DeRozan to put up 41 points like that. I'm going to move on to the guy that I actually really wanted to be a spur, which is Vucevic, <laughs> yeah, who, like, did. I feel like he does this quietly. And sometimes not so quietly, right? Because he'll hit like big shots and like and deep shots. But he he had 24 and 13. Like as much as obviously DeRozan like having to have a game like that, this dude, he's a monster, Vucevic. Like he just does all the things like he's supposed to do. Right. He he reminds me a lot. I thought he was gonna be like Jokic level. I know he's not there, but he's still one of those guys that can handle so many things. You know who's crazy for but, me? You know who's crazy for mm-hmm. me is it's the bald mamba caruso mm-hmm. caruso does all the dirty work yeah yeah right he does all the hustle he's the ginobili yeah yeah, yeah. he's Bulls. that guy that you want on your team if this if they get this DeRozan every game yeah right with the pieces that are around DeRozan, like this team can go deep and and the bucks are vulnerable right now because they're not going to have middleton for the rest of the series yeah, right? that is huge. Yeah, that is big. He sprained his MCL in his last game, and then once as once he went out, like it yeah. was bad. It was bad for the Bucks, and you see how mm-hmm. important that he is to that team. Yeah, I feel like he like tempers a lot of the like pace for them. Right. Like he knows how to like speed it up, slow it down. He like calms other guys down. He's just this like he has presence in games where like even when he's not doing a lot, he's like still keeping the mood a certain way, but. I think, you know, the Bulls should go very far. And even if they, like, somehow upset Milwaukee and make it, I think the one place that's going to stop them is just they're missing point guard play. And, like, the, how big now is, like, Lonzo Ball? Right. That they don't have that dude. Yeah. And, how like, how much he would make that such a fluid thing for the rest of those guys, right? Like, he'd make so many things easier 
for a Vucevic, for a Levine, and then even for a DeRozan. Um, Let's move on. Next one. Yep. Ooh, what a game this was last night. So we've reached Philadelphia and Toronto. Mm, yes. Overtime, Joel Embiid hits the fadeaway three, right? To win that, to go up 3-0. This, I mean, this series is a wrap, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was over. heartbreaking for them. Yeah, it's so That over. was tough. It's going to be a sweep. Like, I don't think there's anything. Like, that was the game that they could have won. Yeah. They played so hard, too. They did. They did. They tried. Like, and they're. I mean, they're just. They're also hurt, right? They don't have all their their players yeah. out there. Drake is out there with the sad face on the sideline. Did, did Drake end up leaving with the Philadelphia players? Yeah, that's what I feel like, right? Like, I'm dirty. Come on, Drake. <laughs> you know, Come on, bro. Yeah, we already Can't know who that. Drake is, right? He's gonna go with the front runners, right? Look, it'd be different if they were like in Philly, and it's like, all right, cool. Like you can rock with the other team, but they're at home, right? But you did it at home. You did it in Toronto. You like, like, damn, bro. Like, forget these guys. I'm over here. I'm a Philly guy. Now. Exactly. <laughs> Cold blooded, man. Um, yo, what did you think about the shot though? I would really want to talk about this Embiid shot. Like, I know that that series is boring, but did you think like that that was like, all right, they have a shot? Like when he catches that ball, are you like, oh, they fucked up? Or are you like, nah, but they have, they have a shot right now? Here's what I say. I don't think we've ever seen a guy that looks like Embiid <clears throat> yeah. be able to take that shot with confidence. Yeah. I, I don't think that shot was luck. I don't think that shot was, you know. Yeah, agreed, exactly. That was Embiid. And Embiid, like, that, that, that play was drawn up for Embiid because they know he can make that shot. Yeah, like I said, there's nobody yeah. like. I mean, you got Joker who can also do something like that, right? And these two big guys, the front runners for MVPs. But like, yes. before these guys, like. The one major difference in what you were talking about in that shot was like, I realized, like, if you watch him beat on that shot, he's like, mm. like, the wrist action is like a jump shooter. Like, he looked like a DeRozan, the way DeRozan releases. <laughs> and he made a shot earlier in that game that I was like, yo, this dude looked like a shooting guard. And so when it got to that play, I just, I was not surprised at all. I was like, yo, I, I believe that he can make that shot. But it, the fact that he caught in turnaround, that's even harder. That is some like jump yeah, shooter was, stuff. And I, I thought that was really impressive. impressive. I mean, yeah. just moving on. I mean, this series, like yep. I said, there's not much to talk about this series except for probably that shot. Um, Harden really is, he's playing like garbage, really. So I'm interested the next round, Philly, Miami. Now oh. we're going to get to it. Now we're gonna get to it, right? That series is going to be crazy, and I can't wait yeah, for that they're gonna, one. They're gonna eat them alive. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Next round. Oh, we've landed on one versus eight in the Western Phoenix versus New Orleans. New Orleans got a win, right? Devin Booker is out. We don't know for how long. It looked like two to three weeks. I think it last reported. Uh, it, can CP3 carry this team? I don't know. What do you think? Nope. 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 <laughs> That's what I say. I hate CP3. Uh, it, it's Damn. a curse, man. Like, it's just like, I feel bad for Devin Booker, right? Because this is just a CP3 curse. He's not meant to win a championship. It's just not meant to be. <laughs> A friend of mine goes, Phoenix is cursed. And I go, is that a Phoenix curse or CP3 curse? And he was like, both the motherfuckers are cursed. <laughs> <laughs> it might be, man. It might Yo. be. They're in trouble. New yeah. Orleans is looking good. Like they, they're, they're just no. younger and faster, right? They have nothing to lose. That's exactly how they played this last game. Yeah. I think, too, is just like Booker's down, right? And, like, I feel bad for him. And, but he's, like, that shooter, right? He's that ice-cold shooter. And so it's like, wait, you lose them. And then who does the other team have going home? You got Ingram and McCullum. Now that McCullum move is enormous. That McCullum move changes everything now because saying, he is going to go nuts. Are you saying that New Orleans is going to yes. be Phoenix? Are you calling it? Yeah, I, I'm calling it right now. You're calling they're it. Gonna, right they're going to they're going to win the series. Yeah. Honestly, I think I I don't think it's over. Like I don't think it's like this is absolute. But I do believe that New Orleans can win these next two games. 
Yeah, I think I, I think, think they're on a momentum a slide. Right. I think it's yeah. gonna be serious. I still think like Booker Booker missed a lot of play a lot of games this year, and they still went on a run. Right. Like that, they'll figure it out. I think. Um, and to get past this thing, like if Booker is not can't come back for the next round. I no, if he doesn't come back for this round, then it's absolute. It's New Orleans will not lose. Yeah, yeah. If he's out because I don't know. If they, he's they, out the series, they cannot win. I don't think they can outshoot New Orleans because now I think New Orleans is like, yo, like just shoot away, right? Like take all the threes because we're gonna beat them in the threes if they don't have Booker. Yeah, because Booker Booker was cooking. Booker had thirty one yep. in the first half. Right, he was cooking. All right, let's move on to the next one. Yep. Blah. We have landed on Dallas and Utah. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about this series is the fact that it's a close series without Luka. Yeah. And so that yeah. makes me think, like, well, if they had Luka... Maybe they'd be like, it'd be over. But I also don't know that we would be seeing as much of Brunson, who is balling the fuck out, apparently, right? If Luca was in there. And how would that change the dynamic of that, like, game and how they're playing? But to me, this series, so as we're recording this, Dallas and Utah just had their, their game. Now, Dallas is yep. up, up to yep. one now. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm done with, and especially in, in the part of the country that I am, this is Utah, like, I live in yeah. Anybody that doesn't know, I, I live in Idaho. This is Utah country, right? And everybody, yeah, yeah. they're like your jazz. regional team, yeah. right? Yeah, everybody here is a jazz and all this stuff. I'm tired of it. Like <laughs> y'all got to throw that up. Like Mitchell, Gobert, that that does not work. It has not never worked. It's a regular season team in the Man. playoffs, time and time again. You show Gobert is vulnerable. Once you once you can actually sit down and scheme Gobert out. He's he's yeah. ineffective, and for years and years, right. NBA players have been telling us that as he as Gobert wins Defensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, the league and the players are like, "That's trash, right?" You can scheme him out, and every year in the playoff, they scheme him out. He goes underneath the screen, they shoot over him every single time, and he doesn't make an adjustment. It is trash. Utah, you are trash. The fact that you're losing this. <laughs> against Dallas without Luka is absolutely... Y'all need to blow this up. Let me yeah, go. We'll take him in the Spurs. Okay. All right. Moving on. Next. Ooh, we got to talk Nuggets Warriors. Now, as we're talking yeah. right now, this game is going yeah. off right now. Yeah, this is a, a close matchup. This is a must-win for Denver. Right, they're down 2-0. Warriors just, you know, honestly, these Warriors, man, this is who I thought that they should be. Yes. But I didn't realize until this series how good Jordan Poole is, man. I really didn't know. I slept on him. You know what I saw today? I saw uh, it was a meme that said Jordan Poole, he got drafted, and then underneath it, somebody said, yeah, the Spurs decided to go with Luka Simiak over pool and that was your boy that was your boy bro, you bro, called why, him why would you even say that right now because that's I mean, your I'm fault like hyped you, on the were, you were hyped mm-hmm. no you were hyped for this dude you called him the white kevin durant when we drafted him you lying no no There's no way no. i said that i've got proof i'll, I'll send you i want the record thing. to show that my cousin's a post malone fan all right I want to <laughs> <know that. laughs> yo you you, you try to throw shit throw shit like throw me under the bus all right, all you right. Said, i see where we're going tonight <laughs> yeah what what i've found incredible is there's nobody else in these playoffs or in this league that has a five like this curry oh my god thompson Pool, Draymond, and Wiggins. Yeah, man. That is a killer five. And Curry is coming off the bench. Yo, so, all right. I I didn't see the beginning of that game, right? I looked at the box score, and they had him on the bench. Like, they didn't have him as a starter, and I was like, oh, they fucked up. (laughs) Like, I was like, oh, so whoever did this messed up. And I just immediately thought that, and then I stopped and was like, wait a minute. Like, that might, right? And, And the thing is, again... Like, this is what makes them so great and, like, Steph Curry so great. It's like, Steph Curry, I don't give a fuck. 
I'm starting to wonder. Now I know Denver is hurt. The other guys, you know, their two and three guys are are not mm -hmm. in the game, right? So I mean, this mm -hmm, is, mm -hmm. this is pretty much a wash to me. This series is a wash. Yeah, yeah. But Joker, man, is he like is he another MVP disappointment in the playoff? Uh, I don't got, think so. He got ejected in the, he got ejected in game two, right? This isn't the first time mm -hmm. he's been ejected in the playoff. Like, calm down. Joker. But he got ejected yeah. when they were already blown out. Yeah, there's that correct? I mean, not like, that you should, yeah. but. I get you, I get you, I get you. I'm with you. I agree with you. Okay. He's, You're right. Well, he's, he's averaging 25, 10, and 5, right? And Draymond Green is just eating him. Yeah, I mean, that's good numbers, right? It's not MVP numbers. Yeah. It's not what you want your MVP to do in the playoffs. You're right. You're right. I see what you mean. Yeah, like you want like a 30-plus. Yeah, whatever, you need to take but, over. But also, but also, like, they're doing exactly what you just said, which is they're just, like, going at him, right? Because, like, who else is going to do that work for them? Like, you can focus now on Jokic, which, like, you couldn't really do that with Jamal Murray, you know, and, and um, what's this dude? Who I've already erased him from my memory no, because I, he's the guy that I wanted. So bad. Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter. Yeah, he's who I thought throw the money at. And, yeah. You know, what was interesting, that I was talking to uh, Arteo Louis today, and one thing he brought up without me saying anything about the playoffs was he was like, it looks like the refs are letting these guys play. Yeah. Like, there's pretty physical series going on. And he was like, and that's not what we've been seeing all season. All of a sudden, they have to play that way. And I was like, yo, you're right, dude. I was like, holy shit. Like, you're absolutely right. And I hadn't really picked the, that up. I'd seen all the physical play, but I just didn't even think, like, this is not how the season has usually been. And it's a different style of basketball, which I, you know, I think is great, but also is terrible for guys like Jokic, who... Like all of a sudden now he's having to fight for a lot of stuff that he didn't have to and he doesn't have anybody back him up. Also realizing as I'm watching these playoffs how far away the San Antonio Spurs are from. I've watched a lot of Spurs game this year and I kept trying yeah. to convince myself that we're just really close. We're just yeah, really close. And I then I see playoff teams and <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, we are not that close. Yeah, that... I'll say this one last shout out for Theo Louis. In that same conversation that I was talking about earlier about the refs, I was like, you know, trying to just see what he thought. And I, and I just kind of threw it out there. I was like, I wonder what the Spurs are going to do. And he was like, rebuild? They're not close. <laughs> it's like, goddamn. I was like, damn it. Shout I out to my running. namesake. Okay. He knows what I'm talking about. We're on the same level. I thought we were close. I thought we were close. I saw you in the playoffs. I'm like, nope. We are not close at all. <laughs> Yeah, no, we're not. We're not. We're not. No. All right. Well, that wraps up the wheel of Chingadera. Going on to our last segment, the one and only, the Tapao of the week. Who you got, Chris? All right. For so Tapao of the week, which I I'm still laughing at that word, and I, I think about like all the Tapaos I've known in my life. Um, so tapao many. of the week <laughs> goes to Owen Woodward who's a pitcher from Weatherford College. So Owen Woodward gave up a shot, like a deep home run mm -hmm. to a hitter from North Central Texas. And as this guy is rounding third base to complete this like multi-run home run that he's just hit, this pitcher blindsides him and just straight tackles him, like straight in his chest. Knocked him out. I don't know if you get to see. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, like if... So I'm going to say the name again for every Owen Woodward. Just Google him so you can go check that video. The tackle uncalled for. And we had just finished talking about like sportsmanship and plunking guys. Yo, this was just like ruthless the way he took this guy out. But he did it in front of that opposing team's dugout. So the rest of the team was on the field immediately. Like this guy hadn't even gotten off the guy and the whole team was already on top of him. And you could tell his catcher went in there to try to, like, defend him and also was just kind of, like, <laughs> stepped out really quick but also wanted to jump back in. Like, he knew it was his boy, but he also knew he was, like, way wrong. And this was just, like, uncalled for. So the crazy thing about this is just that, like, you have basically the pitcher got suspended for the next four games, right? Mm -hmm. they, they give that ruling. And then because all these guys came out of the dugout to defend their teammate who just got like blindsided tackled, they every guy that jumped onto the field is gonna get suspended for the next two games. 
okay. who is against this same Weatherford College. Oh, so this dude not on. only took him out, but now they're going to have to forfeit the two games against this cool. team, which is insane to me, right? But then the other thing that really stood out with regards to, like, how do you manage these situations was, and I've never, I don't know if I've ever heard this, but basically immediately after that, like, fight, right, that, like, they, they clears, like, the benches, but mostly the, like, North Central Texas bench, um, both teams, like, they didn't continue the game. Both teams had to forfeit that game, which was a really interesting to me of, like, is that a call on sportsmanship? Is that a call that they just didn't know what to do? Because when the hell do you see a pitcher tackle a guy rounding third yeah, base? I think like, it's a little bit of both. I would think it was yeah. a little bit of both. So maybe, maybe we're looking at this wrong. I didn't realize what you just said there that the next two games, that maybe Owen Woodward is a genius. Yeah. And he just took exactly. one for the team. Like exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yo. He just took one for the team. Like, oh, bro, we're gonna get killed. Let me do something so we can get these dubs. I'll just get my ass kicked by the whole freaking baseball yeah. team. <laughs> it's like, yo, this dude just crushed my shit. Let me let us get us a couple of wins next to me. Also, what this is exactly what I said earlier too, right? Baseball, you suck, right? For stuff like this, right? You're gonna get so butt hurt, and I don't know why. I don't, I don't think it's come out why this dude went out there. Right? It was probably he was running the bases too slow, right? Maybe he did a bad yeah, flip yeah. and it hurt his feelings. Like baseball players, you are so sensitive. If you're mad at the dude, maybe you shouldn't have thrown a lemon up there for him to rock out, of, very out of the ballpark. Okay. <laughs> On Woodward, you are the top out of the week. Well, that finally wraps up our episode for this week. For Primo, I'm Luis. That's my Primo, Chris. And we are out. Peace. Peace.